Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, it's Hannah here and welcome back to season two of the Psyche Podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic break and you've enjoyed Christmas, the new year, however you celebrate it, if you celebrate it, and that you're starting 2020 feeling refreshed and in a good place. I say starting 2020, I realise that this is now, um, I'm recording this on the 19th of January and this is coming out 22nd of January. So three weeks into the new year, but I hope it is going well for you so far. I've had a really nice chilled break. So towards the end of 2019, during the year in review, I talked about taking a little bit of time and relaxation and something that I needed to take a step back and just to be a little bit and I really am feeling the benefit of that. Um, I'm also starting the new year back in the gym um, but also eating much cleaner and definitely feeling the benefit of that as well. So yeah that is where I'm at. Uh, A little bit of an update before we dive into this week's episode. So we are really aiming to get out regular weekly content to you. So the podcast is going to be out every Wednesday. We are going to have a new blog post up every Tuesday and we're going to have two different blog post themes at the moment running through the year. One about financial freedom and the journey towards that and emotional spending, comfort spending, that kind of stuff. And also another about my mindset mastering challenge which is something by the time this comes out I will have started as of Monday. It is about tackling those mindset blocks that we've talked about before and trying to overcome them. So my two are running and swimming with my face in the water and they are ones that I am going to be working on tackling this year and then challenging myself to see if I have overcome those blocks. And so we would love it if you would join us on a mindset mastering challenge and identify something that for you is a bit of a block, something that you feel that you can't do and you tell yourself that you can't do but you know that really there isn't any reason why you can't do it it's just that messaging that you're giving yourself just what you're telling yourself so I think if you have got a mindset block and if you are going to join us on this challenge or even if you're not and you've just got something that you're holding yourself back from I think you're going to find this week's episode really really useful and really helpful I'm talking to Cam Knight and he'll introduce himself Um, in a bit more depth but there is definitely some fantastic mindset tips in this and some that I think it's really lucky doing this podcast because I get to talk to some amazing people and just you know pick their brains and get their tips and their ideas and try and implement them in my life and so I love podcasts so I listen to so many it's a great way to find out about people to get their tips their techniques to find out about their professional experience, but also their personal experience. I find them informative, inspiring, empowering, and that's what we're trying to do here. So I really think that you'll find this a really, really useful and really interesting conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. And 
thanks for coming back for season two. We have a lot of amazing content planned for you that we really know you're going to enjoy and find valuable. So with that, let's dive in. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Psyche Podcast and I'm really excited today to introduce our guest. So I'm joined by Cam Knight. Welcome Cam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks Anna, I'm glad to be here. And the first thing I like to do is ask guests to introduce themselves so you can tell us who you are in your own words and what you do. All right, great, I'll do that. So my name is Cam Knight and I'm a coach, writer, speaker and author of several best-selling books in the area of mental performance, such as memory, concentration and productivity. Over the last 10 years, I have written and published 10 books and in that time, I have produced an online course as well. So I'm kind of a mind guy. I help people get from where they are to where they want to be. And one of the challenges, one of the things I learned early on is that just because you want something doesn't mean you will take the action to achieve it. And I wondered why that was. Why is it if I want something and I know what to do and I know how to do it and I have the desire to take action, I'm not able to do it. And so I kind of went on a journey to really understand about the mind and learn a lot about this stuff. And here after a 10 to 15 year journey, I am doing a podcast with you. Amazing. And I love the mind. Uh, My background is I taught psychology, studied psychology. So uh, yeah, a bit of a mind geek. (laughs) Really excited to talk about this. And, And I think that's a very topical thing at the moment for January because it's the time of year when people start to think about all these things they want to do and changes that they want to make. And sometimes we can have these things that we're really, we know we should do, we really want to do, but we just don't right for whatever reason so well i would say that there isn't it isn't just whatever reason there are specific reasons why we don't and one of the things that i try to teach people is that our mind is built to hold us back that's right our mind is designed to keep us from moving and growing so anytime a decision or a course of action or an option comes up that decision is evaluated by the mind using a whole host of criteria And if that course of action is not in line with the criteria, the mind will prevent action. So it's really important to understand that. It's like standing before a panel of judges. Any decision that comes up must go through them. And if even one of the members is against the idea, it won't pass. So it doesn't matter how much motivation we have or how much we know about what we need to be doing. If the mind doesn't approve of it, we just won't be able to move forward. And I think that's really can be really tricky can't it to to well if you're not sure consciously of those reasons why it's not passing those judges and there's um I really like the way you describe it as mind mayhem yes um yeah I don't know if you can speak a little bit more about about that. Well, there's a lot of activity going on inside our heads. You know, we have all sorts of thoughts running in and out. We have mental images flashing back and forth. And we also have all sorts of emotions and feelings coursing through us. The thing is, a lot of times that they're happening so fast and they're so fluid, we don't really realize the extent of the mayhem that's inside of us. And a lot of times... Our thoughts, our mental images, as well as our emotions, they're vying for our attention. They're competing for the things in the external world for our attention. And for some people, that activity can be a lot more and a lot more intense. And it can almost be a mayhem that distracts us from what we're trying to focus on and do in the moment. 
Mm. And I, I think I definitely get that. I find sometimes I have lots and lots of ideas going around and then trying to focus them yeah. and actually achieve something. I might have a day where I, I feel really motivated. I feel like I'm going to get loads done. And I spend all this time thinking about all these ideas and I don't really achieve much because trying to, to channel that in some way can be quite tricky. Yeah, it is. And that's kind of one of the challenges of being human is we have, like I mentioned, our mind will do a lot of things to hold us back. There's many reasons why the mind will hold us back. But the way the inaction manifests, it isn't as apparent as we might think. So the mind has all sorts of manipulative tricks to keep us from moving forward. And one of the tricks is what you just kind of mentioned, having so much going on and not being able to hone in on one specific area to stick with long enough to do. So it's really important to be aware of the tricks that the mind uses. And that is one of them. Another trick would be that we go into a heightened state of, heightened state of preparation. So instead of spending all of our time taking action, we spend all of our time preparing to take action. We go into painstaking detail, figuring out what to do, how to do it, the right way to do it in the best moment. And we'll put all of our energy on the preparation part. But when it's actually time to take action, we don't. Mm. I think slightly different to that, but um, I guess a similar type of procrastination that we do is you've got something big to do and then everything else gets done first. So, well, I'll, I'll sit and write that when I've tidied the kitchen yeah. because that needs to be done. And so we create all these other things that we have to do first in order to do the thing <laughs> that we should be doing. And that's before. an actually a good point because that's another way in action manifests. That's another manipulative trick of the mind is when we have something to do, we'll all of a sudden get so busy that we won't have time for that specific task at hand. And that busyness, it won't be random. It'll be deliberate. And we may seem like we just naturally have more to do or more on our plate. But the reality is the mind is finding ways to keep ourselves preoccupied. And so things that were never a big deal or a concern all of a sudden become top priority. We have this insatiable urge to clean out the car, organize a closet, empty out the garage, or call our aunt that we haven't spoken to for years, even though we don't care to call her. And we won't be able to think about or do anything else unless the priority is handled. And I'm sure all of us have experienced those moments where we know what we need to be doing, but we can't pull ourselves away from something far less important. And this is how one of the tricks of the mind works, is to make us busy and drown out our immediate goal or immediate project on hand. And I do want to mention that what the mind is really doing is buying time. Because we humans forget up to 80% of what we hear, see, and learn within a few hours of hearing, seeing, and learning it. So that's not a few months or a few weeks or even a few hours. It's just within a few, oh, a few days, but within a few hours. And so if the mind can keep us distracted with other things, then we'll more than likely forget the goal at hand. It's cunning sneaky thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Our mind is very um, sneaky. Very sneaky. But I suppose it's, in a way, it's that protective thing. Because I think as we were talking about that, for, for me, I think the things I put off, a lot of it is the fear. And that could be fear of it going wrong, fear of it going well, fear of change. And so I suppose my mind is protecting me from that unknown. So although it, when we're talking about it, it feels like it's sneaky, actually. Yeah. 
It's a protective thing, isn't it? It's totally a protective thing. First and foremost, our our mind is designed to protect us and keep us safe. And so our mind isn't always operating within realm of reality. It has to make predictions of what's going to happen in, within reality. And if it believes that doing a certain thing is going to cause harm, whether it's emotional harm by being made fun of, whether it's physical harm by getting an accident, or another kind of harm like losing our job or losing our income so we can't you know, afford to pay our rent. We don't notice all of this processing going on, but the unconscious is doing it all the time. And if it believes that something is not safe and dangerous, then it'll try to keep us from moving forward. And it has all way, all sorts of ways of doing that. The most immediate is by flooding us with emotions of fear. But now we live in a society where there's so much talk about getting over your fear and there's so much motivational stuff to help us encourage our ability to move past fears. So then our mind resorts to other ways where it seems like we're still making progress, but we're not. So suppose my having lots of ideas, you know, when I when I think, oh, well, I came up with so many ideas today, I was being really productive, but actually I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not actually moving closer to my goal, but I feel like I am. Yeah. So, and that's one of the so. that's one of the big tricks is the mind will convince us that we're making enough progress without actually making progress. And preparation is one of those things where we're at, when we're pre- we're preparing for a task or a goal to work on, we're actually working on the goal. So it's actually it seems like we're moving forward. But I want people to understand that preparation is only moving forward if you've gone past that step. You know, working out all the ideas in your head is only moving forward if you've gone past the working out the ideas and are actually taking action to realize those ideas. So like with this podcast, I think I thought about it quite a bit and a lot of, oh, I can't have a podcast. And then, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about what it would be and then actually just diving in and getting on with it. You grow a lot. You learn a lot when you're actually doing it and things develop as you go. But I could have spent a lot longer just sat there planning it and not doing anything yeah so, i mean and i've been there yeah. on both sides of it now i kind of do what you mm-hmm. did with the podcast where it's jump and build your wings on the way down whereas before i would plan and and plan and plan some more and what's really interesting thing that i would do is i would spend a lot of time planning and think like i put in a lot of effort and was making progress so i tell myself you know what i deserve a break And then I would step away from it for a little bit as I was forgetting all the things I had been learning and the things I was doing. And then when I would get started up again, guess what? I had moved a few steps back. So I had to do a lot of the things that I'd already done. And then I would plan, plan, plan and think, hey, you know what? I've been doing a pretty good job. So I'm going to take a break again. And Sure enough, I start forgetting some of the things I had learned, some of the things I had already done, and then I move a few steps back. And this forward and backward movement is another form of another trick of the mind to keep us from moving forward. Because again, we look, we seem like we're doing things and moving and and taking action. And sure, we're taking action, but we're just not getting past the initial stages to get to the next level or the next plateau. And I think that we quite often have that sense of having to have everything planned before we take that mm-hmm. jump, like like you say. And that I like that getting your wings as, as you've taken that jump. And the thing that came into my mind when you said that was this idea of skydiving. Mm-hmm. 
So when you jump out of the plane, you don't have your parachute up already. So you kind of take that jump, you free fall for a little bit, and then everything's fine. I mean, I've not yeah. skydived, but um, <sighs> hopefully everything's fine. You enjoy it for a bit, and then and then the the parachute yeah. opens, and you know, but you have to take that leap first. And if you opened your parachute, if you had everything when you were in the plane, you wouldn't get exactly. out of the plane actually, because yeah, I have done a bit of skydiving and. Once you jump <laughs> and things don't go well, well, you're instructed of figure. You're instructed on what to do. So you mm. like if the ship, the parachute doesn't open right, then there's certain things you can do to make sure it opens fully, and all of that stuff. Mm. So that's kind of a, an also good analogy of life. Once you do just jump and try to figure it out, things may not be fig perfect, but as you're falling, you're figuring it out and. You know, as long as we stick with it, things work out. And I'm sure um, that the view as you're falling is amazing. <laughs> Maybe like life. As the well. view is even more amazing once the parachute opens. I'll tell you that. Because <laughs> then you can actually enjoy it. You're falling slow enough or you can just be like up there in the quietness of everything. Because it's quite, aside from the wind. Um, well, there's not as much wind once the parachute opens. But it's very quiet and you mm. just look. And you can look around 360 and see the curvature of the earth and everything. So it's quite, quite uh, spectacular. Amazing. So I would really like to know how you got into this area. So you talked a little bit about having been on both sides and interested in the, in the mind mayhem. But how did you become what you are now? How did you get? Okay, you well, now? I have uh, two main stories. So I'll share mm -hmm. one of them. After I graduated okay. college, I decided to sit for the CPA exam. So I know you're out in the UK. Mm -hmm. And I'm here in the States. And so the CPA exam is just a certified public accountant exam. And at the time, it was considered one of the most difficult certification exams. It had a pass rate of less than 15%. So not 50%, but 15% for the first try. And I thought I was really getting into an ambitious endeavor, especially considering I wasn't an accountant. I had a finance degree, and I just took enough accounting classes to sit for the exam. And so I thought that given the amount of time and energy I was going to put into it, maybe learning some study and memory techniques would be helpful because I figured mm -hmm. the time I spent up front could help me save, t save time in the long run. And sure enough, it was very helpful. And I almost passed the exam on my first try. I passed three out of the four parts, and the fourth part I missed by like a few percent. And that had created mm -hmm. a shift inside me. I started thinking, hmm, you know, geniusness and intelligence isn't this innate thing that we're born with, which is what I used to think. I used to think intelligence was something you were born with. Either you had it or you didn't. And if you didn't have it, it would severely impact your life. And I don't know why or where these two connections were made in my head. I think it came from my parents and teachers and all school and all that. But I seriously had these two beliefs. And then through this experience, I realized that if we use the right tools and techniques, we can operate just as well, if not better, than the people we call genius. It's just that geniuses seem to have figured it out on their own or their brains naturally work that way. But as I mentioned, if we can use the same techniques, then we can operate better. So that kind of got me started on this path. And here I am talking a little bit about it. And obviously, I'm not going to ask you to give away all your secrets. Um, because uh, as you said, you've got lots of books on mind mapping, uh, self-talking way to success, speed reading, concentration, goal setting, uh, and an online course, which I'm sure we'll talk about 
in a bit. But January, it's that new year feel. And I think a lot of people are maybe thinking I'm going to learn something new. Um, personally, I'm trying to become fluent in another language. So do you have any top tips for like a starting point if I want to yeah yeah really just transform my learning without giving okay. away all your well, secrets I'll uh, give a little <laughs> tips for not just learning but just anything that any goal that we have and the mm-hmm. number one tip I can give people is self-talk and I know you mentioned one of my books self-talk your way to success that was actually one of my first books mm-hmm. and I personally believe it to be one of the most powerful techniques and it's a technique that I've used to help me do better in any in all areas of my life, whether it's if I wanted to quit an addiction, to stop a habit, to improve a skill, to get over a block. Self-talk has always been there. And more or less, self-talk are statements that you say or repeat to yourself of the changes that you want to have or have happen in your life. For example, if I were shy and insecure and I wanted to be more confident and assertive, I would repeat statements like, I'm a strong, assertive person. I communicate my needs and wants. Now, on the surface, it may not seem like repeating such statements would have that much of an effect, but it's huge. High performers in just about any discipline use self-talk to become high performers. And self-talk really works on two main levels. First is that it changes your thoughts. And this is important because our thoughts guide our decisions and actions. In fact, our thoughts are a big driver to our decisions and actions. For example, if I was in the market for a new job and I saw an opportunity to apply to and the thoughts running in my head were going, "Mm, I don't know, this seems like a lot of work. I don't think I'm qualified. I don't think I'll get the job. Guess what? I've just self-talked myself out of that, out of applying for that job. But if on the other hand, If on the other hand, the thoughts running through my head were, hmm, this seems interesting. I think I can handle it. I don't know if I'll get the job, but I won't know unless I try. With those thoughts running through my head, I'm going to be more likely to apply for that job. So that's the one reason why self-talk is so helpful, is that it changes our thoughts from the negative to something more constructive. And those constructive thoughts guide our decisions and actions in a constructive direction. Something more important that people don't realize is that self-talk actually goes in and rewires our mind. When we repeat a set of self-talk of the changes we want, those words actually seep into our unconscious and begin to change some of the blocks that cause us from moving forward. Changes our beliefs, they change our identity, they change some of the other issues that we have going on. So if somebody repeats a set of statements like, I am strong, assertive person, you actually start becoming strong and assertive. If you repeat a set of statements like, I have an excellent memory, your memory actually starts to improve. And so one of the most important things I can teach somebody is to create a set of 10 to 12 statements of the changes you would like in a specific area, and then repeat those statements 10 times daily. And those set of statements can be for any area. You were talking about learning, so you can create 10 statements about your memory, concentration, and learning ability. Like, I have an excellent memory. I recall any information I choose. I have strong power of focus. I can focus on, I focus and concentrate easily. I learn with ease. Setting that and doing it on a regular basis is going to have more of an effect than just about any other technique I can give. I think, I'm just thinking back to teaching and I suppose, you know, if you're using more constructive self-talk, then you're going to see that progress. And I guess the reverse is 
is true unfortunately as well so a lot of students who would have those negative self-talks like I'm never going to get this qualification I'm I'm not good at this subject and that that is then going into their unconscious as well and then that is shaping how they perform and how they feel about themselves because that's the message they're giving themselves and I think if that's what we believe within ourselves then even if someone else is saying the opposite it can be hard, can't it, to overcome that negative yeah. self-talk. Yeah, it's, it's actually huge. When I tell people about self-talk and they don't really believe how important it is, I tell them that majority of the issues that they have likely came from the words in their life, the words that their parents, their teachers, the bullies, other kids, or even bosses repeated to them about them not being good enough, smart enough, or cool enough. And it was those words that created the mental wall of their resistance and inaction. And so it reasons that if it was words that created our blocks, that our that words can actually undo that and reshape ourselves. And it's true. If we start affirming self-talk by both stopping the negative thoughts running in our head and then adding positive ones, like the way I described, by creating a set of statements and repeating it over and over, we start to slowly chip away at the old walls that the old words created and create a better foundation for our ability to move forward. And the examples you gave were fantastic. I'm definitely going to um, use some of those with myself. But I suppose you could create those positive uh, or constructive affirmations, regardless of what your goals. The um, typical January... uh, target that lots of people have is to get fit isn't it and make these healthy changes and I suppose if you've had that cycle of trying to get fit and then the negative self-talk has held you back or the walls have held you back you could create some of your own positive or constructive self-talk statements around being fit and healthy so you could apply it to whatever the area was that your goals were in exactly 100 percent so if somebody had a fitness goal, they could affirm statements like, I am strong and healthy, I am fit, I have a lean body, I look great, I feel great, I am taking steps to become more healthy. All of those statements they can apply into their 8 to 12 statement that they repeat on a regular basis. Excellent. And I think, yeah, that's probably something that a lot of people are thinking of at the, at the moment. Although actually what's quite nice uh, this year, I've seen more people who are saying, actually, I don't need a new me just because it's a new new year and, and maybe pushing back against what the media shows you about you know getting in shape. So I think that's quite refreshing. That, yeah. yeah, I think that's quite refreshing as well. And I think that segues into the second tip I can give people is to focus on the long term to focus on the long term if they're gonna set a goal to pick a goal that they plan to stick with for the long term and here's why so when we compare ourselves to our animal counterparts you'll find that we have a lot of similarities and and i'm sure you can agree being a psychologist that there's entire fields of psychology that are dedicated to understanding animal behavior so we can understand human behavior. But at the same time, there are some key differences. And one of the key differences is that animals come pre-programmed with a certain level of skills and abilities. They are born to do it. And because they're born to do it, they don't lose it. It's hardwired into their DNA. We humans have to learn everything, everything even how to walk and talk. 
This has many advantages because it allows us to learn more skills and adapt to more environments. But at the same time, it has a disadvantage, disadvantage in that sense that if we don't use a skill, we lose it. So there's a concept in personal development called use it or lose it. And to illustrate, I heard a story about this famous Australian football player, one of the best in the game. Once in an interview, he was asked if he could ask God one question, what would it be? And his response was, why is it that it takes weeks, months, and years to develop the body for peak performance, but it can be lost in mere days? So I don't know if you ever came to the answer, but more or less, our mind and bodies are complex systems. And like any system, they're constrained by resources and energy. So maintaining a fit body takes con considerable amounts of calories and energy. And if we're not going to use the muscles, the body it doesn't serve the body to keep them, so they go away. The same thing with mental skills. It takes considerable amount of mental resources to maintain skills. And if we're not going to use it, the brain is like, well, I'll just put it to the side for something else. In fact, I don't know if you know one of the biggest challenges for astronauts in space is muscle loss. <clears throat> because there's no, yeah, because there's no gravity, our muscles fade away very quickly. In fact, NASA reports that an astronaut can lose up to 50%, 20% of their muscle mass in as little as five to 11 days. And that's huge. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So the point I'm making is that either you're growing or you're regressing. There's no in between. There's no, I'll spend three months to learn the skill and keep it forever. There's no, I'll diet and exercise for six months and be thin for the rest of my life. That's not how the mind and body work. In fact, the quicker we pick up a skill or the quicker we achieve a goal, the quicker we're going to lose it. So the point I'm making is if we're going to spend time, if it takes time and effort to achieve something or to learn and develop a skill, it serves us to pick something we're going to stick with long term. Otherwise, we will lose it just as quickly as we gain it. And we can have feelings of negativity and guilt that we spent all this time learning something that we ended up losing when it was never our fault. It's just where the mind and body are built. Mm. And I suppose with the staying on the fitness example that people will choose something they don't enjoy as as a method to get into, into shape. But the the whole mindset then is, I'll put up with this to get where I want to be and then then it'll be done. But that's not a recipe for success because you don't have that internal motivation to do it if you don't enjoy it. And I think one of the biggest things I did last year was finding um, a form of exercise that I really enjoyed. And suddenly, you know, it's so much easier to stick to when it's something that you're enjoying and you're not just making yourself do for the, you know, for this, this goal. And then it does become that, that lifelong thing that you're able to stick with. So yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I tell people, don't start a diet, if you're not going to stick with it for the rest of your life, mm. because what will happen is once you stop, you'll start to regress and you'll lose all that you had gained. And what's the point of putting in all this effort to lose something? Mm. Well, then I think people get into that yo-yo cycle, don't yeah. they? And so then they end up not only losing the weight they did, but actually going further backwards yeah. so yeah I think there's a lot of mind stuff going on there that we could probably spend yeah. a lot of time talking about yeah, I do want to riff on the yo-yo um, cycle I don't think people realize this and it's really important we can get caught in this yo-yo cycle and it happens because we'll work hard to achieve something and then 
we'll stop thinking we'll just keep or maintain it. And sure enough, we regress. And then we'll work hard to achieve something again and then stop thinking we'll maintain it and then we'll regress. But here's a problem that's really dangerous is that this cycle can become a habit. And once it becomes a habit, we're trapped in the cycle. So one day we'll get inspired to go out and do something and make a change. We'll work on it enough and then we'll stop and go back. And then we'll get inspired again and then we'll work on it a little bit and then stop and go back. And now it's a habit we're caught in. So it's really important to not get in that cycle. Mm. And I think that's a really valuable thing to point out to people that it is a cycle because I think when you're in it, you just feel frustrated and you don't know why, why it's happening. But actually being able to recognize it is a cycle that you're in and that you need to break out that cycle in some way. It's not just about, I'm going to put that effort in because that's part of the cycle. And I think becoming aware of it is one of the first steps to them being able to break it in some way. And Yeah, I yeah. completely agree. And actually what you just yeah. said segues into the third point that I would like to make, which is, <laughs> it's actually a natural segue, is one of the key ways to break out of any cycle is to be consistent. Consistency is really important. And what consistency more or less means is showing up regularly, day in and day out, week after week, month after month, not starting strong for a few weeks and then stopping and then picking up for a few weeks later and then stopping and then hitting it strong for a month or two and then stopping. Life is not about how hard you work, but how consistent you are in your efforts. You can show, you can show up with mediocre effort regularly and get far greater results than bringing your A game intermittently. So, so getting out of this habitual cycle requires consistency, just showing up on a regular basis. And when things start to get tough, realize that we need that consistency to continue pushing forward. Otherwise, we'll start moving back. And once we start moving back, we'll get caught in that cycle. But if we just show up consistently, we can still move forward and break ourselves out of that mm. cycle. I'm thinking about that consistency this year. So I uh, got into CrossFit. That's the thing that works for me. And I have some days it's maybe an exercise that I find really difficult or I'm really tired. Or, But if I'm there, even if I'm not working at you know my full potential, I'm doing something and there's still going to be some benefit over just lying on the sofa. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I commend you for doing CrossFit. I think CrossFit is <laughs> very challenging. It's not something for me. I'm a yoga guy. That's what I enjoy. Uh -huh. So that's something that'll yeah. consistently get me into the studio to work out. Um, but I do agree with what you had said that although CrossFit can be tough, even though you go in on a day and don't hit it hard, it's going to be better than just not going in on that day. You know, even if you just come in with 50% effort, just to remain consistent, that's going to help you much more than taking a break so you can hit it hard a week or two later. Mm, yeah, and I suppose that's then it's forming that new habit of I go go to CrossFit that that's what I do and obviously just a little caveat that obviously if I'm actually injured <laughs> that's a different thing but if it's just that I'm a bit tired and I can't really be bothered actually I'll show up and even if I go a bit easier I'm there I'm doing it and I'm creating that new habit which is getting me towards where I want to get yeah. to so 
Yeah, and yeah. injury is another interesting point that I wouldn't mind discussing just a little bit. <clears throat> because if you are injured, yeah. you want to make sure that you do step back so you can heal yourself. But it's kind of interesting too. Injury is another way our, of our manipulative tricks manifest, manifesting. If the mind is trying to hold us back <laughs> and none of its tricks are, it's are working, what I've noticed is that people will either get sick or injured. And it's there. It's the mind's last ditch effort to keep us from getting to the next level. So it's kind of an interesting paradox. Mm. That's a, yeah, a tricky one, isn't it? Because you don't want to do lasting damage, mm-hmm. but it's that, that sneaky brain yeah, again yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming back in. Yeah. So I have a few questions that I ask sure. everybody when they come on, and they tend to be about the the mindset and mental well being type thing because they're my big things that I like to talk about. Uh, So the first one is what always boosts your mood? Okay, there's one thing that consistently boosts my mood, and it's receiving an email or somebody finding me on social media and sending me a message saying, hey, I came across one of your books or your blog, and thank you very much for writing it. I've been struggling in my life with all these things, and I have read this or tried that, and nothing has worked. And when they give me that things, it's, it, it's like, it makes me feel really, really, really happy because it lets me know that my work and my efforts, you know, aren't for nothing. Cause it's a lot of work to do mm-hmm. this kind of stuff, to writing a book and being consistent with the blog and going out and talking about the content. And some of the things I'm saying, I feel like not a lot of other people are saying it. So it takes a little bit of risk to put yourself out there to say something that's different or go against the norm. And when I get that validation, it makes me feel very ecstatic. So I really appreciate the feedback I get. And I suppose that maybe ties into the next one, which is about what makes life meaningful for you. So this is an interesting one. What makes life meaningful for me, I actually learned when I was backpacking. And it it started off during my trip in in Central and South America. And what I had learned is that our joy, our level of joy that we experience is directly proportional to the pain that we put in to get it. And I'll share a little story to help people understand what I mean. So when I first started backpacking, I was backpacking. So that meant I wasn't staying in lavish hotels or expensive places. I was really roughing it. I was either um, traveling through cheap hostels or camping. So I I went through a stretch of about six weeks where I didn't have a single hot shower. And then when I got to Costa Rica and San Jose, there was like a nice hostel I had heard about. And I decided I'd give myself a break. I'd treat myself with it. And this hostel had hot showers. Not only did it have hot showers, but it had two knobs one for cold water and one for hot water so I could control the water <laughs> temperature. And I can't tell you, when I got out of that shower, I felt like I won the lottery. I was ecstatic. So I went to the point where I was messaging people on Facebook about my hot shower. Now, why did that hot shower <laughs> feel so good? Because I've had hot showers before. In fact, I've had them plenty of time to the point where I thought it was my God-given right to have a hot shower. And when I wouldn't, I would get upset. The reason it felt so good Mm -hmm. is because I went through the pain of six weeks of no hot showers, all cold showers. And when I finally got one, it was exhilarating. And this is my Mm -hmm. first experience, you know, continuing on with the travels. 
<clears throat> I had other experiences of doing something really hard. And at the end, I got this blissful joy. So what I learned is that our joy, there's a certain level of joy that we just can't experience as humans unless we have put work to get. So this has motivated me to kind of work harder, <clears throat> to work on goals that last longer, because the longer I stick to something, once I get there, the more exhilaration I'm going to feel. So that is what brings me joy now is putting effort towards something and at the end feeling that really positive, good feeling. Where was your favorite place in South America? Colombia. Yeah, I could Columbia. say that easily. I did. Yeah, I did two and a half months in South America. I didn't. We didn't go to Colombia, but um, we spent five weeks in Peru, and that was that was my favorite. But it's interesting. Uh, we maybe this is very British, um, but two and a half months in South America couldn't get a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, so when we got when we flew to um, Australia, and there was t English tea on the plane, it was like. <laughs> It was like Amazing. ecstasy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like the best tea. Even like, you know, airport airplane tea, not normally the best tea. But yeah, but yeah. you're not complaining. But you had to yeah. go through two and a half months of no tea to be able to enjoy yeah. that tea that you had on the plane, even though it was just mediocre. Yeah, I mean, that's a very British yeah. <laughs> example. Uh, but, speaking of, but, so if you, you know, spent five I'm... weeks in Peru, where did you spend the rest of your time? Mm -hmm. So five weeks in Peru, um, three or four weeks in Bolivia, um, a couple of weeks in Chile, and then Argentina. So we basically went from Lima uh, down through Peru, Bolivia, um, across Chile, across to Buenos nice. Aires. So all across land. Um, but we did go um, to Puerto Maldonado in Peru. So we went into the Amazon briefly, which was yeah. amazing. Um, it was it was fantastic. It was, uh, you know, and I know you're a, a travel, uh, I don't know what's right travel mm -hmm. bug travel bug <laughs> as well and it was something I'd wanted to do for a long time and actually I still feel a real sense of achievement that actually we set the goal we saved we did it I'd love to do more but I think it's something I'd had that dream of wanting to do and just kind of thought oh, maybe it'll yeah. never really come together and um yeah amazing. wow that's really cool so. and the amazon is really yeah. a special place no matter where you see it whether it's yeah. in ecuador or peru or venezuela yeah it was amazing and i discovered a talent i didn't know i have uh, for spotting tiny frogs oh, in the yeah. dark. <laughs> so we'd be walking along look there's a frog there there's a spider there and just hidden talent <laughs> That's actually a good talent to have because I can't tell you how many times I was startled by a random frog or a random <laughs> spider or like a gecko falling inside my shirt and in my, you know, crawling in my neck. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Special talent, like frogs in the dark. Um, so, um, joy and um, meaning are my, my big buzzwords. So, I, I love that you've kind of use joy and pain um in your meaningful example and my other big thing that I talk about a lot is mm -hmm. mental wellness so I wonder if you could share what mental wellness means to you and how you look after your own mental well-being okay well this is an easy one because we talk quite a bit about it mental wellness to me means the thoughts running in through my head and if we have mm -hmm. negative thoughts it's really gonna affect our decisions and actions and take us in uh not the best direction so I think it's really important for us to change the thoughts in our head to something that's more positive and, and constructive. So when I have negativity going on, I try to do my best 
to either stop it or replace it. It's not always easy. Like, I don't want to make it seem like it's easy. Because when we're in our heads, we're in our heads. We don't realize we're thinking negatively. We don't become aware of it, and it can just run it. But if we can become more aware and disengage it as much as possible, that can make a really big impact and influence on people's life. And one of the key things that I do is every morning, I have a set of self-talk statements that I repeat to myself. So as soon as I wake up, not even get out of bed, but just wake up from sleeping, I go into my self-talk scripts that I have outlined for myself to have what I, the goals that I want to achieve you know, in the short term or long term. And I find that that has been really helpful in starting a day on the right foot. Do you find um, that yoga as well helps you get out of the thoughts and disengage from them? Because I find physical activity, if it's something, so I, I like yoga as well, and I, I like dynamic flow yoga. Um, and maybe similarly with CrossFit, if I'm doing something physically taxing, I can't be in my head. Yeah. Because I have to focus on what my body's doing. So I find that if I'm caught up in, in that, you know, all that mental talk and that mental chatter, doing something physical and bringing myself out of my head into my body really helps. So I wonder if yoga helps you in that Yes, way. it definitely helps me, especially if it involves doing postures, performing postures or holding postures that require tremendous amount of mental focus because you can't really focus when you have negativity, thought, negative thoughts going on. And then once you can kind of stop the thoughts and focus on the posture or the movement, I find that it really helps me get out. And because I'm such a big proponent of self-talk and thinking positive and not having the negative, I try to find different ways of trying to keep the things positive. One thing I recently learned from a new friend I met, she says if you're sinking and humming, then it's harder to have those negative thoughts. So if you become aware of the negative thoughts or you see your 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 mood kind of shifting in a bad direction, just start singing or humming. And that can also disengage it. So it brings you back out. Yeah. Amazing. I'm just going to be going around singing to myself now. <laughs> so I apologize <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this one, people find this question quite tricky. Um, but they're not mind gurus like you are. Uh, so maybe you'll find it easier. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> so how... How would you describe your mindset? How would I describe my mindset? Okay, well, because I am a mind guy, I don't think this is as uh, overthrowing or overpowering question. I think of mindset not necessarily as how most people would define it, but I just see mindsets as little shifts that of in your thinking that changes your experience. So I kind of gave you one mindset shift, which is realizing that my level of joy is really dependent on the pain I put in to get it. Shifts my thinking into that hard work and pain aren't necessarily bad and must be avoided because something good could come out of it. And so I am much more encouraged to take those actions. Another mindset thing that I have is that work is not a bad word. Growing up, I used to listen to a lot of different types of music. And what I noticed is that mainstream music was focusing everything on easy money, big houses, nice car, extravagant lifestyle with no work. And like many adolescents, I felt like that was the dream to chase for. And I'll tell you, I've gotten my fair share of successes in life. But when I got them, 
I felt great for the moment, but it didn't really keep that mood the way these songs and mainstream artists were making it seem like. And that's when I learned this concept of of uh, the more work you put in, the more joy you'll get later. So my other mindset is that work is not a bad word. And so if something requires work or diligence, I don't shy away from. But something more important that's really helped me be extremely active and productive in my life <clears throat> has been understanding that we humans are built to move, are, and we're built to move and be engaged, which is why it's so difficult to sit on a bus for more than a few hours and why we get so irritated when we're on a plane for a few hours and why it's so difficult to just sit and relax because you don't ever see somebody just sitting and not doing anything. They need to be engaged in the paper, on a video game on their phone, on the news, or even drinking. I mean, a lot of times people need to have a drink or get high, if you will, just to relax. And all of these examples illustrate just how much our body is in need of being in motion and engaged. So my mindset is, well, if I need to, if my body and my mind want to be engaged and in motion, then why not have it do the tasks that it's going to help me move forward with my goals? Why distract myself with all these ancillary things like video games and, and reading random internet articles? Because either way, I'm going to be engaged. So that mindset shift had really made a profound difference in my productivity and the success that I've been been able to achieve lately. I think that's a, a great tip because I do find myself uh, sometimes uh, mindlessly <laughs> scrolling through stuff. And I, I mean, I justify it to myself that if I've used a lot of mental energy, I almost need that no effort yeah. downtime. But that could just be my mind giving me an excuse and I probably could be more productive. Elsewhere. No, there's, <laughs> so, uh, there's sound science behind what you're thinking as well. But, you know, there's other way as well where if you're going to engage with something, might not just engage in the thing that is going to move you forward. Yeah, that's true. I think, I mean, earlier um, I got in from work and then I had, uh, you know, a few things this evening, um, busy things to do and, and then this talk and I, you know, I was a little bit low on mental energy and I just watched some random videos for a bit. But then my mind started to get quite creative and process. So although, um, yeah, I wasn't really actively thinking about it, it just gave me that boost to then start thinking and then become refreshed and hopefully I'm doing all right. <laughs> no, I think you're <laughs> doing it right. If you, want, if you want to get a little technical, when it comes to the mind, we have two main different kinds of modes. We have what's called the focus mode, and then we have what's called the diffuse mode. And the focus mode is exactly how, how it sounds, where we're just kind of focused in on a particular task or activity, trying to get something done, whether it's a conversation, whether it's writing something or another, another task. But the mind also needs time to just let go and diffuse and step away and not do anything. And that's where the creativity comes in. And so if we focus mm. for extended periods of time, it actually isn't the best thing for us. It helps to do things that um, allow the mind to diffuse. And with the diffuse, we can go in a couple of different directions. We can do a lot of random things like what you were talking about, scrolling through social media, watching funny cat videos, um, list, you know, reading a funny joke, or even having a conversation. Those are all effective ways of diffusing, which 
is anything that you're doing, which is anything that's different from the focus activity is going to help you diffuse. Mm. But we can be a little bit more intentional with the diffuse. For example, that might be, uh, it, that 15 minutes you spend watching videos could be 15 minutes you can do to do some yoga poses or have a mm. conversation that you have to have anyways, maybe with a client or a boss. So if we can be a little bit more intentional, we can do the both focus and diffuse simultaneously and still get the benefits. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. Uh, which leads nicely on to, um, I always ask people if they can leave the listeners with between one and three strategies that people could put into place today that would have a transformative effect. And I think we've definitely given people plenty of ideas through the conversation. But I wonder if you could just summarize your top one to three tips. For yeah, people. my top one to three tips, we did go over them. The number one tip I would recommend is self-talk. Yep. And I would even go as far as to say if people only focused on affirming their self-talk statements and nothing else, they would get a lot more results than applying other stuff. So that's I, so I think that's number one. Mm -hmm. that, that's something I always talk about. Two is be consistent. Mm -hmm. Anything that you do, show up on a regular basis, whether that's every day, every other day, or at the very least every week. Remember what I had said, you can come in with mediocre effort regularly and get far better results than bringing your A game intermittently. And I think number three is going to be focusing on goals that you want to plan, that you plan to stick with for the long term. You know, you might set a goal to learn photography or get better at photography. Only do that if your plan is to, you know, do photography for a while. Because if you spend a few months learning photography and then stop, you'll forget. So why spend all that time learning something that you're going to lose anyways? It, the longer you stick with something, the longer you'll be able to hold on to. So those would be my top three, self-talk, consistency, and focus on activities and goals that you plan to stick with for the long term. Fair. And I think definitely that first one, uh, I was going to throw in a bonus question, selfishly specific to me, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to say number one, <laughs> self-talk, but we'll, we'll see. It might surprise me. But <laughs> So uh, one of the things I'm doing this year, I'm setting myself a, a mindset mastery challenge, okay. if you like. So I have this big mindset block about running I'm not a big fan of it and I always can't run can't run you know I get shin splints I have asthma etc cetera, etc cetera. logically I can run it's just you know so that's my big thing that I want to tackle so decided this year everyone that comes on the podcast I'm going to ask them to give me a tip to help me master uh, my mindset and, and be able to run so <laughs> what would be your top tip for uh well for running? you know what my top tip would be it would be self-talk but since you already <laughs> had said it i'll try to give you uh, another one or two tips that could be really helpful one okay. is to start slow there is this tendency mm -hmm. in our society because we're becoming a much more fast-paced society that we need to get started quickly and achieve things quickly and it, i can't overstress the importance of starting slow, especially with something like diet and exercise and running as a form of exercise. And here's why. We humans are made up of things that are so small, we can't see them. You know, we're made up of billions of molecules that come together to form cells. And those billions of cells come together to form more complex parts of our bodies like our tissues. Then our tissues come together to form organs and the organs form systems like digestive system and through all that is what how we become humans 
And over time, each of those cells and tissues and organs, they line up a certain way to give us the energy and ability to operate the way we are. <clears throat> it might not be the most healthy. It might actually be painful. But they were lined up a certain way to do that. And when we change too quickly, it disrupts that. Even though what we're doing, even though our change could be beneficial, like eating better or exercising, our body became used to digesting certain types of foods, having certain chemicals release certain parts of the day, for everything to work in unison for us to be able to do. But once we start changing that, then it creates this big disruption. And we may be able to hold on to the change for a little bit, but eventually we snap back to our old ways. But if we can start slower, then we don't create such a shock and that system has enough time to make the adjustments to gain the nutrients and emotions or whatever it needs from our new activity. So I would say if you haven't run in a while, start walking first. Maybe for a week or two, just walk a few blocks. Then the next week, add two more blocks to that. And then maybe the third week, add a little bit jogging to the end of the walking. I would say if I could give any advice, only add one new step per week, nothing too quickly. And then you'll be able to get into the running and stick with it. And it won't be as difficult as it might be if you try to kind of go full force and full hog. I think that's a really good tip because I think if I went and tried to run a couple of miles now, yeah. I wouldn't be able to. And then it would be really demoralizing. And, and in my head, it would be this really yeah. difficult thing. But like you say, those smaller steps and building up of the walking and the jogging, that already, yeah, it sounds like I, could, I yeah. could do that. And and then you're building in those that success as well, that, oh, wow, I achieved it. What can I do next? Whereas, yeah, if I just, I'm going to run yeah. five miles today, the chances of me achieving yeah. that are very slim. Exactly. <laughs> and say. a lot of times we don't realize, but everything can become a habit, even our patterns of like being able to go outside to go for a jog. So maybe you could run for an extended period, but you just don't have the habit of getting ready and going out and doing it. And so when you start slow, like for the first week, just going out for a walk, you're building that habit of just getting yourself outside, right? And then the next week, when you walk a little bit longer, mm -hmm. you're building your habit of going outside and doing that walk. And that's going to help more to help you stick with the running when you do start running, because you could be doing well with the running, but you just don't have the necessary habits in place to be able to get yourself ready and do that run. And going slow like this helps mm -hmm. you develop these habits that we don't even think about, but that are necessary to keep us in a new goal that we're trying to achieve. Mm. And that habit, like you said, that going out and walking, it's that consistency yeah. that you were talking about earlier, isn't it? That even if it's it's not a run, it's a walk with a bit of jogging consistently, I'm I'm doing that thing. And that's then forming a new habit rather than just sitting on the sofa saying, oh, I yeah. can't run because, <laughs> exactly. which is a habit as well. Yeah. So thank you for that. So, um, and I'm definitely going to be self-talking, <laughs> maybe singing to myself as I, as I run around the block. Self-singing. Um, that's probably brilliant. I think we're, we're onto something with right. the new technique here that no one's talking about. Self-singing. I like that. Yeah. Self-singing. <laughs> Yeah, sorry for the neighbors. Um, <laughs> so, the, and then the last thing I normally ask people is, uh, 
to share how people can connect with you online if they want to find out more, if they'd like to use, uh, you know, do your course, maybe if you could tell sure. us a little so bit I've about got, that. Uh, there's a few different ways people can connect with me and there's a few different services I offer. I do do coaching. So if people were interested in coaching, they can email me at cam at mindlily.com, M-I-N-D-L-I-L-Y.com. And then also I have my website where they can find out about my books and courses and my blog and other information. And that's just mindlily.com, M-I-N-D-L-I-L-Y.com. And most recently, I did write, narrate, and produce an online course called Double Your Productivity in 30 Days. And when people hear the word productivity, they think making more money or getting more work done at the job or at the office. But that's not the whole thing of productivity. Productivity is just taking more actions and doing more in every area of your life. So if you want to spend more time with the kids, if you want to have more time to be healthy, to have time for hobbies and do more of that and accomplish more, that's productivity. And it's my premier course. It takes everything I've learned over the last 15 years, studying the mind and, and in my own journey of why our mind, why we do what we do, why we can't do what we want to do, and more importantly, how to get ourselves to do more of the things that we want and to get more of the things we want in life. This program really goes into detail. It's got over 30 videos. It talks about all of our different inner blocks, how those inner blocks manifest, and simple strategies that we can take to help overcome them, including an entire module dedicated to self-talk. And so, yeah, go ahead. Okay, and I was going to say, now you're going to have to write a new uh, yes. module on self-singing. I'm going to have to re-record that. <laughs> but I forgot to mention, they can get that at mindlily.com forward slash productivity. Brilliant. And are you on social media as I don't well? do too much social media because it's a big distraction for me, but they can connect with me on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Facebook, and Instagram under my handle, Cam Knight. Cam underscore night or Cam night. Brilliant. And um, I can put links in the show notes so yeah, that you can great. access them from there as well. Thank you so much, Cam, for coming on. I found this, I mean, like I said, I'm a mind geek, so <laughs> really enjoyable, but also really, really useful. And I've got some strategies I can take away for learning, for fitness, for my running. So yeah, I've just found it really interesting and really useful. So thank you so much. Yeah, for no problem. And I'm glad that was on and it was fun chatting. And hopefully you and your listeners can will find some of this useful. I'm sure that, uh, yeah, everyone can take something from it. Um, and thank you for your um, brilliant strategies. And, okay, uh, no problem. Yeah, thanks very much. So thanks again to Cam for joining us for this first episode of season two. And I hope you've had some useful takeaways from that that you can use and to really think about that self-talk, that self-dialogue that's going on. It's definitely something that I'm going to be focusing on as I start trying to run, because my current self-talk is very much on board, this hurts. And I say this hurts in a you know, usual exercising way, not in a actually doing damage, but it's about you know, challenging yourself and my self-talk at the moment. My message is I don't like it, so I talk myself out of it. So I'm definitely going to be working on some more positive affirmations, some more positive self-talk to get me around the block and who knows, possibly become a runner. So thank you for joining us again. We'll be back next week on Wednesday with the next episode. 
If you have any questions you want us to answer, then please get in touch. You can connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Psyche Coaching. And that's Psyche, spelled P-S-Y-K-H-E, coaching, all one words. Or you can email me, hannah at psyche.co.uk. So that's everything for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed everything that's been talked about today. And we would love to carry on this discussion. So please feel free to tweet us your views, your thoughts, any questions you have for future episodes. We will be back next week with more interesting topics and discussions. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with your family and friends or anyone that you think would benefit from it. And please rate and review wherever you've downloaded it from so it can reach more people. We hope you have an awesome week and we're looking forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye.